Another episode of Double Buffs. Oh, and we are here on this fine, fine Thursday to talk about the Premier League of Professional League of Legends. And ALCS. And ALCS. So, how was your day today? My day anything fun? No, today was pretty boring. I didn't do much of anything, actually. I tried a new pizza place. It was pretty good. That was probably the highlight. I'll be getting pizza from there again. And uh, yeah, Nice. Not much going on. I got all-you-can-eat sushi today, which was fire per usual. Recommend trying it to anyone that has not not tried it because it's only like $23. You can get all-you-can-eat sashimi, sushi. Great That's deal. Delicious, yeah. I love sushi. I'm a sushi fiend. Mm-hmm. All right, so this week on the pod, I wanted to talk a little bit broader picture, mm-hmm. I was thinking. Mm-hmm. And something I was thinking about two days ago was this concept of you know short-term versus long-term, micro versus macro, working smarter versus working harder. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about these different things as I was kind of reviewing last week's games. <laughs> and I came to the conclusion of direction versus content now what do i mean by this i think like you know this applies to a lot of different things you have passions in high school you know you pick your major for college you're leading yourself down a path like a part of the reason i'm doing this podcast with you is because i kind of want to be a commentator for esports so i was like yeah i want, I want some uh, resume experience you know this is the direction that you take when you have like a test for school, you study, you can study for a specific test. Um, that's kind of the direction, right? Or you study over the course of the semester. You know, there's different ways of looking at it. And the content is how you do on the test. And I think the same thing applies to League of Legends in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of like hard stuck plat five, you know, shake man. But I was doing everything. I wasn't really paying attention to stuff. And then once I just started one tricking him, I could... You know, from game to game, I could focus on how to counter jungle better, how to like trade objectives because my micro skills, my content was still was a lot better because I just was playing the same champion. And I think when, uh, you know, I think you can relate these to some of the top teams in the LCS right now. I think C9 has really good direction and really good content. When you have really good players already, you're going to have a high skill floor i should say just because you can outplay your opponents but some of the things that these teams are doing like c9 they're recognizing that you know they should be putting fudge on tanks and then figuring out other stuff how to play around it and their content is good they're like you know we want to minimize fudge's weaknesses early and maximize perk's strengths Mm -hmm. so they're doing that to really well Mm -hmm. and then i think going down the list I think Dig is obviously one that has a really good like direction. They're not necessarily the most skilled players, but they're letting Dardoch car- carry in the early game. They're telling the rookies to be support players. They're letting Aphromoo make a lot of big calls. So they have a really good direction as a team, mm-hmm. which over the course of the NS- LCS, it has been paying dividends so far. I think TSM, too. Sorry, this is kind of like this. I'll you jump in. I think TSM too. They've uh, they've had really good direction too. They're they're like, okay, we just need to grind down the fundamentals, put Huni on like a weak side carry champion that can be Nar Shen and let Swordard do his roams, play through Power of Evil, and they've done that really well. And that's why they're succeeding right now. This past weekend, they branched out into more of a one three one or one four composition with Jace, which is really good. I think you know Bjergsen's a seasoned vet, he's, he knows um, the steps they should be taking to succeed. They developed one good play style, and now they need to branch out a bit before playoffs. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so C9's good at both. TSM and Dig have really good direction. TL and EG and 100 Thieves are kind of experiencing somewhat of a roadblock. They have really good content, and what I mean by that is they have good players. I was going to ask for clarification there. Yeah. So content being the players like raw skill, right? Yeah. Okay. Raw skill and just like, you know, playing team fights well, stuff like that from a game to game basis. But when your direction as a team becomes just improving your content, like 
trying to out team fight, you know, you're not going to make these, um, you're not going to get better from week to week. And I think that's what's happening right now with TL and EG and a hundred D and a hundred thieves, you know, I think more so with EG and a hundred thieves, you can see that if, especially EG when they're, when they're, it's kind of just do or die by Jazuke. If he plays well, then they can out team fight sometimes. And it's just every game seems to be a 50, 50 play and, Hundred Thieves, Hundred Thieves. When you ban out TF and Galio, they don't really have a good game plan after that. Um, TL is kind of more acceptable, but yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. You know, direction versus content, micro versus macro. Yeah, I really like that idea of of direction and sort of having to work on your direction to really improve as like a team. That's kind of what you're saying, right? Because that yeah. we're involved in the team play and. I've been thinking a lot. That's funny. It segues pretty well because I've been thinking a lot about how these teams are actively improving throughout the split. And um, like you said, some teams, 100 Thieves, EG, to name a couple, seem to be maybe not improving at quite a, or such a quick rate. I'm not, obviously, you can't say quite what it is, but. Um, They're like stagnating almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're stagnating. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that's really applicable. And. What is that? What would that be? A theory, a hypothesis, or a? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a hot take. Hot take. Yeah. I mean, there we go. That's what we have around here on the double spot. We even talked about this after me and Cristiano, or Cristiano and I, sorry, did our first couple of podcasts. Our the format of our podcast was pretty good, right? We went through game by game, each game we were doing. You know, it had a very clear format, but when we focused so hard on that direction, I think our content was lacking. So what we've done now is we're, we're not like, you know, hyper-focusing on like specific specific format. We're just focusing more on our content. And I think that's how we're going to get better long-term, mm-hmm. at least as of right now. Yeah, more enjoyable to watch. And eventually when we have that part down, you know, maybe it becomes possible to really do deep, deep dives on each match while not having content suffer. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that made sense. It was just on my mind. So, <laughs> No, I think it did. I think it definitely did. And mm-hmm. uh, hopefully my questions, I was trying to put myself in the mind of a viewer what questions they might have. So hopefully that was clear to everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What question? What do you mean? Just when I asked, like, so the content would be sort of the player's skill. And, oh, my light just dropped. That's all. Yeah. Or just like more like short term versus long term. Mm-hmm. Like when you're like when we're doing the podcast, we're thinking about it really long term, long term as in an episode, and then each individual conversation in the episode. I'd say like this conversation right here would fall under content. Mm-hmm. The entire direction of the where we go from step to step on this episode would be direction, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So. You also, yeah, you good. I like, I like everything you said because you also touched on a bunch of the, um, a bunch of things I want to talk about. What do you want to talk about first? What do I want to talk about first? Um, so I think before this, I didn't realize they had talked about it on the dive. So I promise you, this is my fresh original take. But mm-hmm. um, I've been thinking a lot about like these sort of these uh, sort of fake teams, these fake good teams. That <laughs> that's a little bit harsh, but the teams that early on in the season or throughout the season, I think we're are we two thirds of the way through now? I think we are. Yeah, because I think there's six. Weeks. I'm not completely sure. Anyway, yeah, they've sort of kept up a good appearance as far as their win loss ratio goes. But like you were saying, these teams, hundred thieves, eg, maybe even dig. I'm not sure about them yet. Um, yeah, they I don't know how they're they're getting all these wins and yet they seem in my mind's eye to not be not be that great. I think of and, like, I, yeah. and I think that's that relates back to what I said, right? Mm-hmm. Like you as a viewer, you can kind of see from a week to week basis some of the improvements some of these teams are making like Dig and TSM and C9, that's the direction. You know, EG and 100T are just you know, forcing their way through team fights and they're winning based on their skill and their 
game to game, mm. you know, yeah, on a game to game basis. You just like brain blasted me. So it's it's not so much that these hundred thieves, eg types. I don't want to rail on them too hard, but they're the one. I mean, they're better than they're better than your CLGs and your GGs at least. So, but um, they're not necessarily <laughs> they're not necessarily like bad per se. I feel as if though you're right, they're just at the same level as they were maybe at the beginning of the split, or obviously they've improved a little bit probably. But um, mm-hmm. these other teams are improving at a quicker rate, and it's starting to show as as uh, those other teams are starting to fall behind in the standings. We now have uh, 100 Thieves and... Oh, 100 Thieves is still tied for second. All right. I'll reserve judgment on them. But EG, at least, has dropped down to like that third place slot, that 7-5 and five slot with uh, Dig and Team Liquid. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's starting to show... Cause what was their record at their height? It was really good. I forget exactly. Uh, EG. But now they're almost even in losses. I remember before the ratio, they were like four and one or something. And now they're flipped. So, yeah. I think EG in particular, I, I look at Sven Skarin, and he doesn't really seem like he knows what he's what, what the team's plan is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. The, the communication seems off. Sometimes I see someone go in or get caught, but they have a way of getting out. Like a Tom Kench can save them or they can flash out. Mm-hmm. And Sven Skarin sees them getting caught, and he's like, oh, time to go on Olaf. Let's ultimate in. And then now he's the one getting caught out. And it- Yeah, I, honestly, I – oh, man. I, I don't want to call him like the weakest part of the team because I think Jazuke has been trolling <laughs> – but but the flip side of the Jizuke troll coin is sometimes he does the opposite of trolling. And as far as I can tell, Sven Skarin hasn't quite hit that PowerPoint, the O10 gas power spike. <laughs> it's like you put Cristiano's and uh soul cute efforts into an LCS player and then you get Jizuke. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Famine. <laughs> Although I will say, as of late, I've been trolling every single game I go into. I don't know what's wrong with me. And then another team that I think a lot of people have been talking about recently is 100 Thieves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now I'm kind of getting some PTSD from the 100 Thieves at old, where of old, where some days playing really good and the rest of the team just doesn't really know how to play with them, play around him as well. I think that's the next step they should be taking as a team. They have this Galio TF, you know, styled down for DeMonte. Mm-hmm. But DeMonte needs to figure out some other safe picks when he doesn't get them, and the team needs to know how to play around someday or their bot lane. I don't know. I think it mainly falls down to DeMonte and Closer, Closer, and just the team chemistry as a whole, but that's how they can take themselves to the next step. Yeah. TSM, right? They boiled down on their fundamentals, and now they're experimenting with Jace Top. That's the next step they're taking as a team. Mm-hmm. C9... They've kind of unlocked four of their players, and now Fudge is really comfortable playing safe side, and now they're starting to give him Camille again. You know, that's the direction you need to be taking for some of these teams. He's earned his Camille privileges back after the walk-in <laughs> tournament. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you're spot on about DeMonte, unfortunately, because he's such a likable character with uh, the whole Tanner time thing. But... um. Oh my goodness, when they played Dignitas this weekend and he was on Oriana, I was shaking my head. He went like 0-4, he was just whiffing, he, oof, it was really ugly. And so it, it reminds me of Clutch, because Clutch Gaming, when they went to Worlds, they managed to make, did they make a gauntlet run? I don't remember exactly. But yeah, they, they, they looked really good in gauntlet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. went like 0-6. In Worlds, yeah. Yeah, they're in the group of death. They were looking like a, a mid-tier team at best, I would say, uh, before that. And then they figured out this this sort of setup where um, DeMonte was playing these weird picks that could really easily get shove, uh, control sort of the tempo of the mid lane. I remember Rumble was a big one um, back when. Kiana. You, yeah, you can shove the wave right in. Rome. Yeah. Kiana. See, maybe- yeah, maybe I, that's what they need to do as a team is bring back this old play style of Demonte. Maybe it's not meta right now, exactly. but you kind of have your meta. You have your version of the meta, 
Azir and Syndra haven't been working. Maybe embrace, like, you know, look at what um, Dwayne B is doing in China. He's He brought out Nautilus mid a couple weeks ago. Bring out these champs that you can just shove or sacrifice wave and roam. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. the only one. Yeah. You'd be the only one doing it in that LCS, so you know it'd be your own f- flavor, which can come up big in a five-game series. And yeah, beyond your own flavor, it's um, if you're one of these players who's known for like a signature pick, you can draw bands in draft, and that can be hugely advantageous for the rest of the team to um, perhaps get OP picks or comfort picks, which, uh, well, is just obviously very beneficial. I was trying to think of if any of their individual teams or, or players were looking like a weak link that he could maybe mm-hmm. draw bands away from. But I think they're all <laughs> pretty similar now besides Big Daddy someday in the top lane. So earlier we I mentioned Fudge, Fudge mm-hmm. a teeny bit. Yeah. And I've been really happy with Fudge. He got a lot of heat, but he's not getting a lot of credit for fixing his performance. Um, I think he's slowly turning into this impact mold type of player where he's reliable. He can play safe side very well. Um, he can't, I would, I, in my opinion, I think most people's opinion, he can't carry as hard from the weak side as maybe impact can, but he debatably has a larger champion because some picks impact just doesn't play. He doesn't really play Camille, for example. Yeah. So over time, if, Fudge can get to where Impact was of old, and then he still has a higher ceiling, I think. Sky's the limit. I think, yeah. Also, um, like just looking at the top laners in the league, it's hard to put too many above him with this current performance. I think Someday is the obvious one. And then maybe you're looking at Hooney's been looking good, but he's sort of playing that same style. So he, looks, he looks pretty good on Jace. That's true. That's true. Speaking of drawing bands, yeah. So that, that new look, you were saying them improving, not to go back to that talk too much, but that improvement now, just like I said, can draw bands. It can help the rest of your team. It's lovely if you show you can play these sort of unorthodox things. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. Now, go for it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to segue into TSM, but if you had, if you wanted to finish oh, up no, on top was, line with whatever you're saying. I think some days probably the best top laner of the league right now, which he seems to be every split, funnily enough. And then mm-hmm. there's not really... I mean, there's Alfari, there's, there's Impact. But I mean, in the start of the split, we were saying how like bit, how like awesome top lane was and how everything was happening through top lane. That seems like we're back to top lane just being like, you know, we, we, there's some talented players, but teams can't necessarily carry through them like they yeah. could in the lock-in tournament. Gragas. Lots of Gragas. Yeah. But cycling into TSM, or segueing, I should say. Yeah. Like I said earlier, they really dove down onto their fundamentals, figured out a play style. Now they're expanding and giving, trying out the other side of Huni where he's the super lane dominant carry player. Because mm-hmm. when you get to international competition, you can't just have one play style, and I think historically TSM comes in with a pretty refined play style, whether that's play through double lift or Bjergsen. Like last season, it was carry through top lane. Through Broken Blade, double lift plays. Senna's supportive. So does Bjergsen. And then when other teams throw a wrench in that, right, they just completely fall apart. And historically, they haven't been that great with they haven't really out won by outdrafting their opponents or by level one plays, but I think these are different things you can look at to spice up your game to the next level. FlyQuest, last split, a lot of people were saying that about them. They were saying Power of Evil only plays mages, they can only play through Power of Evil, and then they added really cool early pathing for Santorin and level one plays, and I think this is nice to see them trying out the Jace, even though they lost against FlyQuest. They still, Huni still looks good on it, and I think yeah. the team's going down a good direction. I think the Jace was really good. So I wanted to talk a little bit about like side landing. I think that's been a big topic and um just like the community in general, other shows and stuff like that. And uh so most teams do not utilize like side lanes. And I don't know if it's because their players 
Because ideally it should be coming from a coaching staff, understanding how to side lane when you're weaker than the enemy and you can't contest an objective. You can side lane to make up for the objective a little bit. Maybe you get yeah, you can trade on yeah. the opposite side. Cooney was doing it really well on Jace. And there were multiple times where he was bot lane where um, – who were they playing against with the, in the Jace game? Do you remember? They played CLG, who they won, and they played FlyQuest, who they lost marginally to. Yeah, yeah. I think it was. It was, it was, it was. Yeah, it was the CLG game. So him and, <clears throat> excuse me, Sword Art on Rakan. I remember Rakan was hovering right out of vision as mm-hmm. as Huni was hitting the inhibitor tower. And there were like three or four uh, CLG people hitting Baron. So obviously the the what they communicated was that we'll send Huni bot with our support and we'll basically give this Baron and we can maybe get a pick on the top laner who's down there. So we'll get rid of Baron on that person. And if we do that, we can maybe even get an inhibitor, which would be lovely because it sort of negates Baron a little bit. Mm -hmm. So TSM is one of the only teams I've been seeing do stuff like this to this extent where they're really trading objectives. And the other one is C9 where perks, it's sort of what one of the things G2 was known for. So he seems to have brought that a little bit over from cloud nine. I'm I'm really impressed with uh, TSM right now. It definitely seems like not being able to <clears throat> trade objectives across a map has been seems like it's been one of NA's weaknesses for a long time where you see the other team like during Worlds, right? We'd see NA versus China Chinese teams and they'd be getting like their second Drake and our North American team would be already behind and then for some reason we just still fight for it We'd when it's like the man. second Drake. <laughs> yeah, when you can just man. take the turret on the other side or Rift Herald. Exactly. It's crazy. And I don't know, so I would think that this sort of strategy would come from the coaching position because it's sort of like a whole team uh, decision. You saw like they had the Rakan along with the Jace. I mean, it, like the coach can help, but you need like good communication when this is happening. So maybe let's say when they had Biofrost like on TSM, he was kind of a quiet player. So it makes makes these things harder when you have a quieter player or maybe like someone that doesn't speak English as well. Exactly. Yeah, and I think um, I'm I'm wondering if if it's the sort of thing where there's like bigger fish to fry. Like these, some of these players have bigger issues than not being able to sideline and they have to sort of conquer those issues first. Like, uh, like, sorry, I'm laughing just saying his name, uh, just like Niles. Niles. <laughs> I think that's a good example of, <clears throat> you know, you need to improve your content. You need to improve your last hitting, your wave management focus, just these fundamentals like warding, understanding you know yeah niles needs to become an lcs one trick is what you're saying right <laughs> yeah he needs to main shaco and only play shaco <laughs> that sounds like a path to victory <laughs> um, um but, I, yeah what were you gonna say go ahead uh, i was gonna talk a little bit about uh speaker but if you have something yeah else, talk about, no talk about speaker go ahead i just think he is the standout player on this roster right now, which is amazing considering how he looked so rough just like um, a year ago or so when he first came into the league. And, but there were out, there were some circumstances there. If I remember right, TSM, that was the height of TSM's jungle role falling apart where they were switching between. And, and he was a rookie too. So yeah. Yeah. But he's become such a beast uh, in the TL game, which is probably their hardest game this weekend. It was a long game. Um, it was very even for a long time. Uh, he was playing this Hecarim, which, first of all, I think might be the strongest jungle champ right now, besides Udyr, but Udyr is permabanned, so what can you do? But Hecarim is so dirty. But um, everybody else on TSM, I was keeping track. They inted at least one time. Spika, on the other hand, zero ints. Nice 3-2 and two scoreline on the jungler. Lovely. And, um, yeah, he was really sort of the centerpiece of this TSM team comp where they were running the the Shen, Hecarim, Kaisa, and um, oh man, I can't remember the other champions. But point being, that trio is nasty for diving. And it all depends on the Hecarim. 
hitting the right targets and positioning well because the Shen comes in on top of him and then the Kaisa comes in on the CC target. So I remember specifically, uh, I was it the last game-winning fight? It might have been the game-winning fight. Um, he ults the Tristana, which is like the number one carry on TL. And he fears them, but Tristana jumps away in time. And it's like, oh, I, I'd be thinking in solo queue, well, now she's going to plow me. But um, then you see this Kaisa pick able to fly in. Tristana's at 70% HP. That's more than enough for this Kaisa to assassinate this um, Tristana. And it's just a really clean, like, uh, put-together look from the whole team. But, like I said, Spica's really the center point. And it's, mm-hmm. I'm loving it. I've done a full 180. Yeah. You know what's cool to think about is Spica's the longest tenured player on this TSM roster right now. <laughs> That's true. He's probably maybe the youngest, too. I'm not sure. Fact-checked on that. but Oh, he's definitely – I think he's 19 or 20. He's kind of like a blabber light this season. Honestly, seems like he does. He can do a lot of different things for this team, but it's good to see him taking on like the, uh, you know, the primary playmaker role for this, for this orc since he's been there the longest. Bjergsen has the most faith in him. Yeah, and speaking of Bjergsen, like I, I was just praising that draft, but kudos to Bjergsen. That was a dirty draft, and TSM, <laughs> TSM sometimes known for not being great at draft and inting away when they pick a zillion into world caliber team. Yeah, and get TSM looked really terrible that first week. And in the locked-in tournament, they didn't look really good. And they've made such massive improvements. I think we're seeing that Bjergsen's being a really good coach, and <clears throat> he's taking this job really seriously. And it's good to see that uh, you know he's fixed some of his own personal draft errors, and he's also helping his, his team improve. I think, yeah, I think TSM are pretty definitively at least the second best team right now. They're tied with 100 Thieves, but we were kind of slamming them earlier. So I think you got to put TSM up there. Well, we're going to um, talk about TL a bit later because we haven't really touched up on them in any capacity much yet. Yeah, yeah. But one game that I thought was a really good game right off the bat from the draft was C9 versus EG, Cloud9 versus Evil Geniuses. Yeah, Cloud9 had a super. Awesome composition where they whipped out the Yasuo. They had Gragas, Malphite, Rel, some ADC. No one cares about the ADC. It was all about the Yasuo this game in this super heavy dive composition where you can alt off of Gragas or Rel or Malphite on any of the back line. And there's one really pivotal, pivotal, pivotal Pivotal. moment in the game (laughs) where the game was super close all game. You know, both teams taking trades back and forth. Uh, EG had, I forget who they had, but they had Orion in the mid lane, which is a pretty good matchup into Yasuo. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, as the game progresses and progresses, there's this one time in the game where Jizuke is bot lane all by himself, and Fudge finds him out with this Malphite Ultim and I think Kaisa, whoever their ADC was, followed up and they killed Jizuke. Oh, yeah, yeah. They yeah. took Baron and a 5v4 team fight win while Jizuke was dead. And then the game just, it was a complete inflection point where uh, C9 was was in complete control. Yeah, that's some more of that, that nice. Kaisa really, I feel like, enables you to show off your team play sort of because of that, that long range dive you can do off any CC. <clears throat> Oops, sorry, dogs are barking outside. What's going on? I'd like to see teams start banning Kaisa away from TSM also, because it seems like that is Lost's best champion right now. Yeah. And I think teams need to push him down his comfort zone a little bit, attack the rookie of this roster. Yeah. I feel like um, ADC pool right now, now that Samir is nerfed and there's not like a holy trinity, is a little bit... A little bit weird or like a little bit vulnerable because right now I feel like you have Kaisa, you have Jin, and then who comes third? Am I just missing? I something? mean, I'd say I'd say the top three are Kaisa, Senna, and Tristana. Senna, Senna. Oh, I'm okay. I'm trolling. Yeah, for sure. Senna and Tristana are both disgustingly broken. So that brings you up. to I a, think. I think after that you get into like the Ezreal, Jin, Varus, Ash conversation. Yeah, I can't believe we saw Varus this weekend. Lethality. What? I, I didn't think his queue's chunked. His queue's chunked. Well, they chunked some people, and then some people. <laughs> Tom Kench took negative damage. 
But yeah, and then once you have a heck room diving onto him, you no mobility. Yeah, I was saying bing, bing, uh, bang. he should have gone on hit. I'm a sucker for on hit bars. So wait, so we have Tristana, Senna, and who's the other Kaisa? Kaisa and Jin. <clears throat> so I don't know what Kaisa builds, but I'm pretty sure Tristana she just goes crit now. and Senna both build um, the uh, not Immortal Shield build, the uh, Kraken Slayer, which is what I was talking about a couple weeks ago, where we're seeing this kind of come to a fruition more so in the ADC position. But I think Kraken Slayer is the best ADC item right now. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's a nerf that happens in the future, because once you nerf that down, then Kaisa becomes number one, and then everyone's kind of in the same boat of like who's good, who's not. Yeah, I've been so the the Kraken. This is just my this is not holy gospel. So I've been spamming Tristana, and I feel like ideally you always want to go Kraken Slayer. You do so much more damage with it; it's insane. But um, like I think. I feel almost like shield bow is largely useless or not shield bow. Sorry. That's the good one. I like shield bow. If you're behind or there's a lot of dollars, gale force was once the premier item. Do you remember that? Everyone was going gale. Yeah. Force. Even like, uh, not ADCs were going gale force assassins were, I feel like that's been nerfed. Now the damage on is nerfed. I think maybe the cooldown was nerfed. And now the I think the cooldown was nerfed by like, it was like a, a 30 or 60 seconds and they added another 30 seconds yeah so i feel like shield bow if you know you're gonna go shield bow before like loading screen i think it can be a really viable thing where you sort of stack those that shield and then you can go overheal and you can become like almost a drain tank dps sort of monstrosity mm-hmm. um, but obviously that depends on team comp if they have a lot of tanky individuals you don't really want to do that but if they have a lot of squishy divers, like, I don't know, Camille. Um, no, I feel like that's when you do want to do it against tanky comps. You want uh, the lifesteal against tanky comps? Uh, I see what actually, you mean. I have no idea. I see I, what I you think mean. Maybe, I think maybe poke is the best that you would want lifesteal into. Yeah, I agree. That, uh, you get poked out by, like, a Zoe Q, and then you go to Wolves real fast and then come back. I, I don't know, to be honest. I'm, I'm, yeah. Just yeah, this is just my solo queue rambling. So I, <laughs> I I like going if I'm like behind a lot or if I take this specific build, I go shield bow and then uh Phantom new Phantom Dancer is absurd. It's great. I love is it, it. Oh oh what 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 changed about so, it? I didn't even know. I forget if it's if you hit someone one time or if you hit them multiple times, you get um like a like thirty percent attack speed boost. And oh, obviously nice. that's really good on ADCs. So you go that, and then you go Phantom Dancer, and then you go, or then I go, rather, uh, Bloodthirster. And I become like this uber-shielded, overhealed monstrosity. And that's fun. Maybe it's not super good, but... And this is how to how to rampage through your silver this solo is, queue games. Yeah, hold on, hold on. I'm gold four, my friend, all right? If you are hard-stuck bronze, you should be taking notes right now. Yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. <laughs> All right. Who else do we got? Who else do we got on the docket here? So we've, um, talked, we've talked TSM. We've talked hundred thieves a little bit. You wanted to talk TL? Yeah, we can talk TL. I wanted to touch up on Dig super quick. Yeah, let's get them um, out of the way. I feel like there's probably not super much a lot yeah. to say. I mean, it seems like they have a very clear, refined play style where they let Dardock go ham in the early game. He's been playing well. Then they transition into really strong team fights where, you know, Aphromoo kind of shines, takes over. I think Aphromoo in particular has looked really, really good on a signature champion, Alistar. He keeps picking it. You know, Aphromoo, this is where his name originated from, I'm 90% sure, because it's got to be right. One, one of his like signature things has been uh, the, the cowbell skin for Aphromoo, where you have the dance where, like, yeah yeah and that's just kind of where his name originated and he can play it into rel you need really fast timings on your cue to interrupt that that combination which a lot of supports haven't been able to do but are you talking about um i yeah that was a bad that was that was rough (laughs) but after moves looks good yeah agreed um 
I'm a little concerned for Dig. They went one two this week, and their losses, their wins were against bad teams or bad team one. immortal. Oh yeah, immortals. And then they lost to CLG, which is a big ugh, and um, hundred thieves, which is less cringe. But also, if you want to be cementing yourself as one of those top teams, you want to prove it by beating specifically those hundred thieves teams. You can have flukes against these lower teams, but you really want to be beating those high teams. I mean, to be fair, both those games were kind of long fiestas where they just lost on the end. I think uh, the CLG game in particular, Dardoch got all the early kills on Nidalee, and then his spears just still weren't breaking through the front line, even though they were so far ahead. And then, so he's basically negated, and when he's negated, you know, it's almost like CLG is tied with gold the whole time, so they just kind of ran through that that comp later in the game. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that 100 Thieves game, I'm looking at the score lens now. That's the one where DeMonte went 0-4, but Dardoch did super well. Most of his team did well, and it looks like uh, closer and someday really just, just gapped them a little bit, unfortunately, but it happens. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, maybe and not. You know, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and like if we're not really giving credit to 100T for that win, I feel like we shouldn't really give – Credit to Dignitas for that loss. <laughs> just a fiesta. It's just, it's just fair, right? That's just being fair. It's just one of those games that happens that you just push out of your mind. <laughs> oh, I've had a lot of those. Trust me. So, <clears throat> do you have anything else about Dig? No, we can move on to TL. So, TL is a weird case, I feel like. Because they're a little bit lower in the standings, and yet I still feel like they're this super powerful team. Like, almost the opposite of these, like, fake teams. I feel like they're a real team, like, masquerading as a fake team. Maybe they're just it's hiding their power level, yeah. It's funny. So, The Dive, it's another podcast produced by Zale, Kobe, and Marks, for everyone listening. Definitely go check it out. It's an awesome podcast. They talked about the same thing that you've been talking about, where they're talking about pretenders versus contenders and they gave some really good insights into why tl is isn't a pretender and they're still kind of a contender it seems like every week there seems to be something off where like jensen's miss not playing well or ofari's getting bad champions or cores off they don't have these struggle the same struggles that persist from game to game it seems like a game to game basis something randomly happens Mm-hmm. which once you get into like a best of five where you have a larger sample size and one game doesn't matter as much, that's not going to impact a series. Like it's going to really impact a solo queue game or like a singular game. That TSM game where tactical runs through river and like through mid lane and power people just one shots him. Cause what are you doing? Yeah. And then he comes back and he starts hitting the tower all alone and he just one shots him again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah stuff like that yeah i see what you mean tactical it hasn't looked great no well i think he had, this week or in general do you think i think in general he hasn't looked that like dominant take hmm i'd have to i'd have to do some review but i think this week for sure he looked a little shaky but um i mean if he was being dominant then i feel like this team shouldn't be like True. Yeah. Six and five well, or whatever they why, are. Why do you think they are six or seven and five? I think they are. Cause like you said, it's, Oh, I guess you just explained it. You think it's sort of like more, not one-off mistakes, but um, I think it's a combination of problems. Yeah. I think cockiness just maybe waking up on the wrong side of the bed. So it's not really like a mistake that you can pinpoint, which is why they're, they're still kind of contenders. Cause you think, they still have really good macro and consistently have been good the last like six splits. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think Centaurin's uh, been looking good, which for the past couple of years, at least having a really good jungler to sort of make plays happen around the map has been sort of key. Like mid mid jungle has been sort of the most important duo locking in like a competent duo there. And uh, he, remi- Cent- he reminds me of a lot of, of Smithy's like old play style, you know, kind of like this or when he was washed up (laughs) when he was good. He's kind of like this control player 
good at shot calling, maybe like, and that's how Team Liquid's kind of built. That's how they've like structured themselves. It's kind of this fortress composition, more like a Korean team where they're like controlled. They take like 70, 30 plays rather than like 60, 40 plays. And I think that a lot of large part of that was because of Smithy. So maybe reverting back from Baroxa to Centaurin who can play better at their roots, I think will, will be good for them long-term. So sort of interesting, um, so you just mentioned that they're sort of like a, a for, I like I like calling them a fortress, like a fortress comp. But so they were really known for like sort of squeezing these small leads out and then growing them gradually until all of a sudden they were a thousand leagues ahead. And that to me sounds like a strategy that will work against teams that are worse than you that don't know how to <clears throat> excuse me that don't know how to sort of break that stranglehold. And I wonder if this sort. of, I say slump, but they haven't even slumped that hard. They're seven and five. They're in that third place slot. If uh, they, you know, if the standings work out, they can claim that third place slot. So they're not really slumping. But I wonder if it's a case of these other teams just elevating. Um, obviously, there are teams that are doing the opposite of elevating, like we've talked about. Mm-hmm. But um, but they're still sort of above those teams. Uh, I might be talking smack now about that. I mean. Point- yeah, a slump, a slump yeah. for TL after the lock-in tournament is not going undefeated. Like that's what we were expecting. So seven five is like, like wow, like yeah, the yeah. world's ending because we thought they were about to be undefeated. But I guess that's know. what it is. Yeah, that's why I feel like they're slumping so hard when really they're, you know, a solid third place team potentially. But yeah, we mm-hmm. thought we. I think we predicted maybe not hard and fast but we were talking about an undefeated split in like the first episode i think we were going game by game and every time tail came up we were like you were like we don't even need to talk about that (laughs) (laughs) well that's a tl game so you know what's gonna happen there yeah but that's what i mean like uh they've lost some like easy games like to fly quest for example where they picked Kennen and then the like they blind picked Kennen, who's not really blind pickable and the revenge got um i really uh, just ran them over these are like some of these cockiness games where they they should have won if they weren't being cocky i'm not really worried about tl but on the other hand i think 100t definitely have some clear weaknesses same with eg i think dig and tsm are taking the necessary steps going forward and you know, because they're like improving certain aspects and they're adding more things to their game. So even if right now maybe 100T is a better team than TSM, it seems like 100T has been going like this and TSM is going like that at an upward slope and eventually they're going to pass them. I think C9, on the other hand, has been doing everything good. So, um, hmm. Oh, I just had a question. Oh my goodness. About a team? Oh, uh, something you were saying. Uh is it gonna come to me or am I gonna have to leave it? I'll leave it for now. We'll come oh, back. Oh, I hate this. No, I no we have to think about so this. Frustrating, I, I right? Yeah. TSM or Cloud9, EG hundred T. Oh, I remember. So do you do you feel like uh Dignitas is technically in second place right now, right? Or no, they're not. No, they're not they're in third they're tied for third so where do you put dignitas compared to 100 thieves and eg who are one of them is tied and one of them is a, a win ahead where do you so where do you so far yeah dig has taken a really good direction as a team on what their identity is as a team and where they're going mm-hmm. i don't know if they physically have enough talent to add more layers. I don't know if it's possible. 100T and EG, they definitely have the talent and the history in place to add more layers and to get their like fundamental play style even more refined. So I think when it comes to playoffs, there's no way Dignitas wins the whole thing. There's like 0.00001% chance. But they they have like a almost like a 50 50 shot of beating like one of these struggling teams in the first round. Mm -hmm. But 
Yeah. You know, I wouldn't say I'd say hundred T has like a 10% chance of winning the whole thing, but in the first round they have a 50, 50 shot against dig. I don't know if that makes sense. That's where, no, no, that that's makes my sense. answer to your question. What do you think about EG though? I think EG is, worth what do you the, think? I think it, EG right now, looks like the worst out of the three. Like personally, um, Jazuke is struggling. I feel like he had, he showed up this weekend on like some Oriana games, but then again, that is one of his champions. So when you put him, we've talked about this before, when you put him on not one of his champions, his small champion pool, he plays Lucian and runs it straight into the tower two times in a row. I mean, I don't, I don't even know if I think Jazuke has been like so terrible. Some, sometimes he has these weird mistakes, but I feel like he has a good idea in mind. I think Sven Skarin, on the other hand, is like you're a Sven Skarin. Yeah, I'm not a Sven. I, he just seems like he's like like nothing's going through his mind when he does some of these things. Yeah. Just like, dude, drink a cup of coffee. Like, what? Did you get enough sleep? Like, I don't know. But their mid jungle hasn't looked good. So I guess when you compare that. To DeMonte and Closer, and then you compare that to Dardock and Soligo, who have looked pretty good. At, at, Which is crazy that Soligo is looking good in LCS. I remember when he was getting flamed. Their whole team is looking... I, I like their team a lot. They're, I'm rooting for them. I hope they do well. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'd, I'd probably go 100 Thieves, Dig, EG, I think, right now. Like as of right now, or like you're saying in playoffs? Like right now, right now. I mean, right now I think I go dig hundred T. Hmm, interesting. And then EG hundred T just because their bot lane and top are so dominant, though. It's not like I'm that impressed with whatever they're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I it's like I'll, I'll put I'll put them second just because of skill alone, not because of their gameplay. Second place. In the league or in this little mini ranking we're doing? In this mini ranking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've been seeing DeMonte get like, he got absolutely demolished by Perks last weekend. Again. Oh, yeah, he did. He got demolished. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Perks, Perks LeBlanc, Soul killed him level two while DeMonte oh, was on his ear. Oh, First my God. Back, it's, it's Majaz. Majaz. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. There's another example <laughs> of DeMonte's. Bad, bad, bad mage play. I was focused on the Oriana, but I think the one I was really thinking of was that Azir uh, play. Because, yeah, he gets solo killed like level two, doesn't he? Yeah. Doing something funny. He's like walking up into it. And then the game's just over at that point. Yeah, if LeBlanc solo kills your Azir at level two and shoves the tower under, or the wave under tower. And then first item, a Jazz, to just basically say, like, I'm going to eat you alive. Why are you saying this is my league, buddy? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so, honestly, um, I was just gonna say, yeah. of like Perks and C9, do you think we even need to talk about them that much? Because I, we talked about Fudge a little bit, which I feel like is the most interesting part of the team. I mean, we Sounds are running on forty-eight good. minutes, Excuse me. so we should be doing more like Spark notes on whatever yeah, else yeah, we yeah. want to talk about. We talked about Fudge; he's improving, and I feel like the rest of Cloud Nine is so good. We talked about it week after week. Blabber's a king, Perks is a king, Balin's kings. All kings on this team, <laughs> full team of kings, um, until someone shows that they're better than them. I don't know. I'd say the one thing I'll highlight with this. The, so, we, if I'm another team and I'm looking at this team from the outside and thinking about what their weaknesses are, mm-hmm. it's Fudge hasn't shown that the team hasn't shown a capability to play through Fudge. So I don't know how you'd abuse that. And then Vulcan. Sometimes it's when he's desperate. Sometimes when he's over eager, he makes these weird engages, which I'm like, you shouldn't do that. (laughs) So I don't know how you abuse those two things, but those are the only two weaknesses I see in them. I agree. Yeah. Maybe play some Camille Gallio, get that top side, run a train on the top side. (laughs) But uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I I think we're about done talking about teams. I just want to say I, I don't know. Impact not being a huge playmaker is is I feel like it's proven to be a little bit of a liability in in this specific team where, like you said, Sven Skarin's kind of not doing too much in the jungle. 
and then Jizuke yeah. is flipping a coin. Oh, if you had a good, strong top laner, I feel like that would boost your win rate super well. Anyway. Uh, um, I guess one other thing I wanted to mention was I think Finn has looked pretty good this true. split so far. Yeah, I've been happy with his Aatrox and his Nara play. Um, a lot of people were giving him heat from his split in LEC and his split at Worlds, but he's been holding his own in the LCS so far from what I can tell. <laughs> yeah, but hey, now we're in that he seems like to be Him and Wild Turtles seem to be the saving grace of this CLG roster right now. Sa- saving grace. <laughs> yeah, what a weird team, man. They do they still? I think they still have one hundred percent first blood rate. If I yeah, that's whack. And like, if you have first blood, you have like a sixty percent chance to win your League of Legends game. <laughs> uh, well, there's a forty percent chance to dragging yeah. it down. I guess I saw this post on Reddit that was like, because of CLG, if you get first blood, there's actually like a forty-eight in LCS. There's actually like a forty-eight percent win rate now <laughs> because CLG gets it and loses every time. <laughs> you're better off not getting it if you see that 1 HP player in front of you let him be do you um, have any I mean I'm pretty much set on my side but if you have any other things you wanted to touch up on Um, just like the those two C9 games next week were looking real juicy the TSM one and the TL one like I said until a team can show that they're better than Cloud9 I feel like it's like beating a dead horse a little bit, talking about how great they are. Yeah. Uh, until someone exposes a weakness, you know? So those two are the ones I think that could, and I think they both should just be really exciting games, fun to watch. I'm hyped. Going to drink a brewski while I watch, probably. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Boys. I think, I think those two weaknesses I pointed out for C9, it seems like those aren't enough for the other team to abuse them. So I don't think you can attack C9. I think you need to focus on your own game plan and have a strategy that you're prepped at and you need to be better at whatever C9 is doing, which is really tough because C9 only has two glaring weakness. Meanwhile, sometimes TSM, there's lacks. It seems like there's laps in communication. And that's TL, a, it seems like what? That's a glaring weakness even. It's like, yeah. yeah. It's like sometimes Vulcan does weird stuff. It's like, yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. what are you going to do with that? And then TLs, they have a bunch of random stuff from week to week, but we'll see. I think you're right about the top lane thing, though. I think if a team really can play top lane well, Huni been looking good. Let's see it. I don't but know why. But Fudge yeah. also has looked good from the weak side. He's been playing it. Yeah. Well, like I said, that's why I think these two games are going to be, or well, that one TSM game especially is going to be looking very exciting. Because I think, as I said, TSM is the second best team. First v. second. Sign me up. Sign me up, baby. I think yeah, I think I think TSM's avenue to winning that game. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't thought about this. Yeah, 53 <laughs> minutes. I'm sure I can say some random thing that would be interesting, but yeah, I don't want to keep every, everyone waiting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we said, speaker looking like blabber light. So what are you gonna do when you're up against the real thing? Mm, good point. But Everyone at home, thanks for listening. This has been the fifth episode of Double Buffs. (laughs) And I'll probably post this tomorrow morning on Friday. Um, But you can come back here basically every single Thursday night. We'll be having a new episode on NALCS with your favorites, Cristiano and myself. That's me. Thanks for listening. Yeah, it's been real. See you.